Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Why don't you grab your Bibles with me this morning? Turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. Uh, it's on the, the, the scriptures will be on the screen as well. Verse 8 says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Y'all ever had a trip like that? <laughs> um, some lady just said, every time my husband drives, that's the way it is. Um, even when, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. He left in faith. He, he showed up in faith. He lived there by faith because he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, his, sons and, his son and grandson, who inherited the same promise. Father, we just thank you for the chance to be in your presence today and, and thankful now for a time to be in your word. Lord, I sense that there is something happening today and, and I just pray that we be faithful to deliver the word that, that you want to say to your people today. And Lord, that we are faithful to hear it and, and not just hear it and understand it, but to put it into practice. Lord, change our lives today with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we have been in a series for a little while called Patriarchs, Prophets, and Priests. And, and uh, we're going to continue to do that. And today we're focusing, honestly, this is the message that I intended to preach, uh, or at least the, the topic that I intended to preach on from the beginning. This is sort of where this series came from. Uh, and I think this is the person who best fits the profile in Patriarchs, Prophets, and Priests. Today we're going to talk about Abraham. Abraham, according to the book of Genesis, was uh, also a prophet, but there is nobody who fits the mold of patriarch more than Abraham. Uh, he is considered the patriarch of the Jewish people. Some, have, some call him Father Abraham. Um, when people who died were said to be in the bosom of Abraham. He is the beginning of the family tree for the Jewish family. Okay, So he's like the OG patriarch. All right. Now, Abraham heard the voice of the Lord speaking to him, and, and, and when he did, he only got two verbs. Now, there were other words, but, but when, when you hear the voice of the Lord calling you and, and, and telling you what you're supposed to do, you kind of hope there's more than two verbs. He, he said, leave and go. Leave and go. That's all he got. Leave here and go there. Leave where you are, leave everyone and everything you know, leave family and nation and security and go. Well, go where? Just leave and go and I'll show you the rest. I'll tell you when you get there. Right? That was, that was it. Now, logically speaking, it seemed to be an easy, this would seem to be an easy answer for Abraham, right? I ain't going. <laughs> 
I'm not going anywhere till I get some more information. Except for one thing. And that one thing is faith. Abraham was a man of faith. So the only way that you respond to this call is because of faith. The only way you get excited about being blessed and famous at some ambiguous point in the future, which is what the Lord said, the only reason you get excited about that is faith. The only reason you abandon everything you know without one single concrete reason is faith. But the funny thing about faith in the Father is that even when faith is all you've got, faith is all you need. It's all you need. So Abraham, a man of great faith, heard the voice of the Lord and he started walking towards Canaan. And it's what we know as modern day Israel and it became his inheritance, though that's not, he didn't know that at the time. So today's message is called Abraham living by faith. Living by faith. You say, so John, what's the, what's the takeaway for us? Why should we be interested in Abraham uh, and Abraham's walk of faith? Because the call of Christ on our lives is, is pretty much identical to the call of Abraham. Let me show you Matthew 7 and 13. He said, Jesus said, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. You enter, you enter the gate, which John 10 tells us is Jesus, and then the whole road is in front of you. Thank you. The whole road is in front of you. You don't really know where it's going. You just know it's life. Life is in front of you. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He just knew it was where God was sending him. He knew that was his inheritance. So what do you do? You just start walking. You follow Jesus. You do what he says. You go where he sends you. Now, let's look at, let's look at another scripture. And let's just take this scripture as our call. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he'll give you everything you need. Just get on the road and start walking. And then he's going to add everything we need as we go. Following Jesus, like Abraham following God, is about living by faith. The good news is living by faith provides at least three really great benefits. And we're going to see those in the life of Abraham. We're going to hit the first one today, and then hopefully we'll catch the next two uh, next week. So first of all, living by faith means receiving progressive revelation. Progressive revelation. Now, it's not as hard as it sounds. Abraham found that Abraham did not get everything that he wanted to know all at once. It was revealed to him. The revelation came over time. See, we think that we're going to answer the call of God if we're going to say yes to Jesus, that we have to have all our questions answered. We have to have all our resources gathered. We have to have all our understanding up front. We want the five-year, the 10-year, and the 20-year plan. We want the map with the X marking the spot to where it is that God wants us to go. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just not how it works with God. He gave, he gave the man two words, and Abraham said yes. Everything else that Abraham learned was on the journey. It was progressive. It was just as he went. So what was revealed as he went? He, Abraham learned what he was supposed to do. 
He learned where he was supposed to go. He learned what the promise was. He learned who he was. And most importantly, he learned who God was all on this journey. Listen to me. You've got no idea what you're capable of. You have no idea what the person that you're going to be in five years if you walk by faith after Christ. You have no idea what God's going to do in you and through you if you'll just follow Him. You've got no idea what you're going to face and what you're going to learn. You don't know yourself right now. But listen, God knows you. Every trial and triumph, every battle, every victory, you're going to grow and change and learn and become a new person. You will never be the person that you are right now. You'll never be that person again because you're going to learn things today that will change you and you'll be a different person tomorrow. So moment by moment, sometimes in leaps and bounds, sometimes what feels like just a half step at a time, but who you are and who God wants you to be will be revealed to you along the way. People talk about finding themselves. Well, I'm trying to find myself. Well, God will help you find yourself as you continue to follow him as you live by faith. You find yourself on the road. Now, all God told Abraham up front was that he was to go and God would show him. It was only a few verses later that call came in Genesis 12 in the first few verses it was just a few verses later but it was hundreds of miles and and many many months later God said this in verse 7 of chapter 12 the Lord appeared to Abram uh, his name changed to Abraham uh, a few years later but he says I will give this land to your descendants he didn't tell him that to begin with He said, now I'm going to give this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there, and he dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, see, first it was just go and I'll show you. And now it's, hey, this is the place, and I'm going to give it to you and your descendants. Abraham had no children. He had no descendants. And he had no land to call his own. So this was big news. It took faith for Abraham to believe that this is where his life was headed. He had no other evidence other than the fact that God had said it. And then if you keep reading over the next chapters, God comes back to him little by little, time and again, over and over again, telling him more and more and more about the plan. It was progressive revelation until eventually Abraham understood that he was going to have a son, that he was going to name Isaac, and that through him the Messiah would come and would eventually set all things right. But he didn't know that when God said, leave and go. It was a progressive revelation of of who he was and what God was calling him to. Listen, it's okay if you don't know right now. Just be faithful in the here and now and let God reveal the rest to you on the road. Now, many of us in here are planned people. Are you planned people? Any planned people? Any people have hands? What in the world? Okay, there you are. (laughs) Planned people. Like some of y'all are little trapper keeper girls like Valerie is. You keep notes on stuff. You got binders. You got, you got, you got lists, man. You got things you're supposed to keep up with. God just comes by and says, follow me. Follow me. And you're like, Okay, but I need the plan. Right? 
I need the resource. I need to know where we're going. I need to know how we're going to get there. I need to know how we're going to pay for it. I need more than this. I'm not sure if I'm up to the challenge. I'm not sure if I'm enough. Listen, let me go ahead and settle this for you. You are not enough. You're not. You are not enough for where you're going, but you will be by the time you get there. You just got to keep walking. You just got to keep walking. And you can't keep walking if you haven't started walking. Are you following Jesus? Are you living by faith? Have you received the call of Jesus who says, follow me? Are you following him? Or are you watching him get smaller and smaller in the distance? Follow him. You, you can't keep going if you're not going yet. Everything you need will be given to you. It's a progression. So you don't get it all at the beginning. It happens as you live by faith. Why is that? Because when you live by faith, when you're trying to follow Jesus, when you, when you, uh, who you are is wrapped up in your understanding about yourself and about what you're capable of, because, because as followers of Christ, who we are is about who He is. We, as we go along and He reveals Himself to us, we learn more about who we are because we are crucified with Christ. It's not us who lives. It's Christ who lives in us and through us. All right? So, you, you ever been jealous of people in their relationship with God? You ever been jealous of why, how some people seem to experience God and, and know God in ways that you don't? Listen, don't be jealous because that intimate knowledge came at a cost for them. You know I believe in studying the Word and reading the Word, right? Y'all know that. But listen to me. You cannot find out who God is from reading the Bible. You just can't. There's only so much revelation that you can get while being stationary. God is alive and moving. And if you're going to get to know Him, you're going to have to get moving and follow Him. You learn who God is on the journey. You don't study your way into relationship with God. That's just not how that works. You have to follow Him, and He reveals Himself to you along the way. In the Old Testament, God revealed Himself to people through names, through His name. Each, each new name that God uh, shared with them revealed a different aspect of his character, of his nature, or of his attributes. God revealed himself to Abraham in four different ways, four different names of God that Abraham experienced for the first time, and, and, we, and now we get to benefit from those names and revelations of God. And the truth is, we will learn for ourselves who God is, maybe for the first time in our lives, when we walk through difficult situations where we need God to show up. Let's look at Genesis 14. Let's, let's find out who God is. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Melchizedek, the, the, the king of Salem and priest of God most high, please notice that, priest of God most high, brought Abram some bread and wine. Uh, Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high creator of heaven and earth and blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies and then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods that he had recovered Abraham's nephew Lot and his family had been taken as prisoners of war by a group of allied kings who were fighting against another group of kings 
Lot and his family were kind of innocent bystanders, just got caught up in this whole thing. Abraham took 318 of his servants that he had trained in war. He went after them. He defeated the enemy, and he took back his family. Um, this name, God Most High, in, in Hebrew is El Elyon, which, which refers to the fact that God is sovereign. He's higher than every other God and every other person. Others may be considered high, but God is the most high. So listen, you can't fully appreciate the most high God until you've been on a battlefield with nine kings. Nine kings who think they're the best and the highest and the greatest. Nine kings who tell people to go and they go. And and, and they have armies around them. But a man with 318 servants executes a rescue mission and defeats half those kings and takes back all that was stolen. Abraham was so grateful for God's favor and grace that when Melchizedek, the high priest, showed up, he gave him a tithe, a tenth of everything he recovered. But he was, he was glad to know a brand new revelation of God. El Elyon, God Most High. Say, so, John, I don't, I don't understand. What, is, what does this have to do with us following God and living by faith? Let me ask you this. What has the enemy taken from you? What's the enemy taken from you? Your kids? Your relationships? Your family? Maybe today is the day that you stand up and say, Devil, you may be the prince of the power of this world, but I'm a servant of El Elyon, the Most High God. Right? Maybe it's time today that you stand up and say, I'm not intimidated by you. I'm not impressed by you. You're a defeated foe. You're a toothless lion. You, you are a vanquished enemy. You're on borrowed time. God's going to give me a strategy to defeat the attacks that you've prepared against me and my family. Uh, uh, he's already given me the authority through the blood of Jesus. I came to get my stuff back. I came to get my family back. I came to get my people back. Jesus has made me more than a conqueror. So if you think I'm just going to sit here and watch you tear up the people I love, you are sadly mistaken. I'm getting in the fight today because I'm a servant of the Most High God. When, when you stand before the kings of this earth, people in authority, people of influence, you don't have to be intimidated. You shouldn't be rude and cocky. You'd be respectful but confident. If God sends you on a mission, if He asks you to take a stand for integrity, He's going to be with you in the middle of it. God Most High will be with you in the middle of it against those who think they're high and mighty. In the book of Daniel, we read the account of Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, took a stand against the Babylonian king, refused to bow to the idol that he had made of himself that was 90 feet tall. They said, we're not bowing to that. That's not our God. We're not bowing to that. And they were thrown into the furnace. But Jesus showed up. The fourth man in the fire. And the Bible says that not only were they not incinerated instantly, they came out and their clothes weren't, their hair wasn't singed, their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. (laughs) 
But look at what the heathen king said. In Daniel 3, 26, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the, to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Listen, even the king of the most powerful kingdom on the earth knows when he met his match. He had to admit that there was one higher than he was, El Elyon, God Most High, who had shown up and had rescued those guys from his power and from his authority, and he recognized that he had to submit to the power of God. Listen, you might be walking through the midst of a fire You might be in a battle for your family. You might just be trying to seek first the kingdom of God and live by faith in each each moment. But in all of those moments, God will reveal yourself to you. He'll reveal himself to you as he did to Abraham. He is El Elyon, God most high. God is for you. He is with you. He is in you. So don't back down from the fight. Don't give up the work. Don't walk away from the call. God Most High is being revealed to you in this very moment of your life. You just have to see Him for who He is. Let's look at Genesis 17. That was the first name of God that Abraham encountered. Genesis 17, when Abram was um, 99 years old, the Lord, he's just a young buck. He lived 175, okay? The Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. And then he went on to, to, to give him more information. But God revealed himself as God Almighty, El Shaddai. Abraham, Abraham was 90 years old. He still didn't have a legitimate heir from his wife Sarah. And, and, and he, God revealed more of the covenant promises to Abraham, assured him that his, his descendants were coming, and, and revealed himself as the almighty life giver, the strength giver. He was reassuring Abraham that no old is too old as long as you're in covenant with El Shaddai. Listen. You cannot know him as the almighty God until you're facing a situation that requires a God-sized solution. You won't meet him as El Shaddai until you've found the limits of your own strength, your own resources, your own power. Look at Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. We, we, we've quoted this, man, us Pentecostals, we love this. We talk about this all the time, but I want you to pay different attention today. This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It's not by force nor by strength. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord Almighty is what one translation says. That's El Shaddai. That's, and that's what he's crying out to us through his spirit today. He says, not by your might, it's not by your strength, it's by my spirit. And he's saying to us, I know you're tired, and I know you're weary, I know you're at the end of your rope, but bring it to me and let me give you strength. 
Let me encourage you. Let me fill you and refill you and refill you. Let, stop trying to do it all by yourself. Stop getting intimidated by what I'm calling you to do as if you have to make it happen on your own. I am the way maker and the miracle worker and the promise keeper and the light in your darkness. Leave it to me. I am El Shaddai, the almighty God. Look at Genesis 21, verse 33. Then uh, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he worshipped the Lord, the eternal God. The eternal God. Uh, That's El Olam. El Olam, the eternal God. Listen, Abraham had an ally named Abimelech uh, who wanted to make a covenant with him so that they and their descendants would be faithful to each other forever. Forever. And it makes sense if you're talking about legacy and you're talking about heritage that you would call upon the name of the eternal God, right? But the eternal God, that's not the only context in which this name is used. One of the most famous passages in the Bible reminds us that El Olam is not only eternal in his nature, but everything about him is eternal. He's eternal in his resources. He's eternal in everything. God is the same yesterday and today and forever, right? Isn't that what the book of Hebrews tells us? He's the same God. He's the same God today that he was yesterday. He's the same God for us that he was for Abraham. Let's look at Isaiah 40 and 28. You've heard this before. He said, have you never heard, have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the eternal God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary. He never grows weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. If you continue to read that passage, it says, but, I, but they that wait upon the Lord will mount up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Listen, you can rest assured that your strength will be renewed by the eternal one because he's not suddenly going to run out of resources. He has no beginning. He has no end. He is self-sufficient and self-sustaining. He doesn't depend on anyone or anything else. What he has now, he'll always have. He cannot run out. So he can be trusted as the eternal God. To give you everything that you need. There's one last way that he revealed himself. Genesis 22, 13 and 14. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. He took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which we usually say Jehovah Jireh. Uh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. This, was the, this may be the most famous account from the life of Abraham when God tested his faith by asking him to sacrifice Isaac the son, the promised son that he'd waited on for all these years. And even though he was willing to do it, He knew that somehow 
God was going to provide what he needed. Whether it was a substitute sacrifice, like a ram in a thicket, or the resurrection of his son. You, here's the bad news. You cannot know Jehovah Jireh until you're facing a situation in which you cannot provide for yourself. I don't know if this is making any sense to anybody else today. Life is difficult. It's hard. You go through hard things. You go through inexplicable things. And you really would like to know, is there any good that's ever going to come out of the things that you've had to go through in your life? And what I'm trying to tell you today is that God is revealing himself to you in every trial and every difficulty. But there are some things that you can't know any other way. My grandson, one of my grandsons found out that the stove is hot the other day. It was nothing catastrophic, but he understands heat. So when he's in the kitchen now, he says hot a lot as he walks around the stove. Had he not been, had his mama not told him what hot was? Yep. Had she not told him the stove was hot? Yep. But now he knows. And he also knows that he can trust his mama to tell him the truth. Because she'd been saying it was hot the whole time. Now he knows it's hot. And he knows that his mama is there to protect him. Listen, we can read the word all we want to. We can hear other people testify. But until you've been there, you just don't know who God is in the midst of your crisis until you're standing in the midst of your crisis. And I know we don't like it. Nobody, nobody likes hot. Right? But sometimes it's the only way to learn. And it's the only way to trust that God is for you. The Lord will provide. It's interesting that in the American church, when we talk about Jehovah Jireh, it's, almost, it's, almost in, it's always in the context of money. But what Abraham needed in this situation was not money. The call of God was to sacrifice his son. And there was no amount of money that could have changed that. What he needed was a solution that he didn't understand. What he needed was a substitutionary sacrifice. And that's what God gave him. But he had to be in that situation before God revealed himself as provider. Listen, we need a lot of things on this earth, don't we? We are needy people. We need stuff. We need stuff to get through life. We need money for sure, but it's not always money that we need. God is our provider of, of peace and hope, and love, and resources, yes, but strength. Jehovah Jireh, He provides what we need. Now listen, all the names of God are meaningful, and they're important all by themselves, but I want you to understand the context of a lifetime of learning. When you accumulate these revelations, this progressive revelation, and you accumulate these understandings of God over a lifetime, how they, how they come together, they compound like interest. 
They bleed into each other. They complement each other. They multiply your understanding of who God is. They don't just add a facet. They multiply God because He's eternally powerful and great. So every time you see another facet, it just explodes your understanding of who God is and was and always will be. Think about that over the course of a lifetime of living by faith. And you understand that God is El Elyon, the Most High. He's over everyone and everything that you come in contact with. That He is Almighty. He's El Shaddai. He's stronger and more powerful than any obstacle that you're ever going to face. When you understand that He is El Olam, the eternal God, that what you've entrusted to Him, He will never fail you. That's what, that what He's promised will be delivered. And then you understand Him as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And you begin to get this understanding that there is nothing too hard for our God. That nothing is impossible. That no mountain can stand in your way. That no door can, can, be, can stay closed when God wants it open. That no vision He gives to you is too hard for you to accomplish. That no calling is so high or so great that He can't provide the people and the favor and the wisdom and the integrity for you to carry it out. When you start to get the understanding of who God is, then you start to not get so intimidated by the storms of life. You lean in and you expect to get a deeper understanding of who God is in that moment. You start to say, God, I don't like, this is hot. I don't like where I am. But while I'm here, I know you're with me now. Who are you going to reveal yourself to me as? What are you going to show me in the midst of this? What do I need to learn from this? When you get the understanding of who God is, you start to forget about all the things you lost when you started following Jesus. You quit talking about the good old days. And you start to focus on all the things that you found and all the things you will find. The more you get the revelation of the character and the nature of God, the more like Him we become as followers of Jesus who are living by faith, then the more we should start operating according to the laws of the kingdom and not by the limits of this world. And when you start operating in God's kingdom, in God's, that, is a, that is a life-changing, game-changing shift in our mindset. And it changes how you see and approach Everything. Listen, Abraham was an incredible man of faith. And his life shows us how to live by faith and how to receive this progressive revelation of who we are and who God is. So let me ask you this. Where are you today? Where are you? Are you having trouble with the progressing part or with the revelation part? Have you, that, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here, I'm, I'm trying, like, let's find out what's, what's the dysfunction or the disconnect. Have you started walking? Are you making progress? Or are you still sitting Day. Don't worry about tomorrow. 
Tomorrow's too intimidating, right? Just go today and do what you know you're supposed to do. You say, well, I don't know about all this living by faith stuff. That's what I I prefer to stay in control. (laughs) Listen, as a recovering control freak myself, let me tell you something. Control is a myth. Control is a facade. You are not now, you have never been, and never will be in control of anything. Control um, is, a, is a lie that the enemy allows you to believe because it keeps you um, paralyzed. You keep operating under this false assumption that you're in control of stuff and you can't live by faith and stay in control. And please understand that the root of control is pride and fear. I, listen, been there, done that. I fight those things on the daily. But here's what I've learned. The opposite of, of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is pride. Because you can operate in faith and be scared to death. As a matter of fact, most of the time when you operate in faith, you are scared to death. Will somebody say amen to that? Operate in faith and pride at the same time because faith is all about believing and trusting God and His power and His resources, His direction. Pride is all about trusting in yourself and in what you want to do and where you want to go and you can't do both of those things at the same time. So give up the facade of control. Tear down, tear down that whole image in front of you because it's not even reality. And, and surrender everything to Him. He's worthy of your trust. And He's proven that to you in every situation of your life that you've ever been through. Take off this lens of control where you're seeing everything through that. And look at the spiritual reality that you're walking in. God's been there the whole time revealing himself he just wants you to open your eyes and see him and maybe you're uh, on the other side of maybe you're like yeah i've been following in faith walking in faith for a long time but i don't know if i'm learning about god or about myself i don't know what i'm learning yet i don't know about the revelation part ask the holy spirit to reveal to you what it is he's been showing you all along and I, I have seen this in my own life as I've reflected back on things that I thought were complete wastes of time. That God has shown me that wasn't a waste of time. I was teaching you this and I was revealing myself as that. And this set you up for this next thing. Ask God to reveal to you uh, the, the progress that you've been making, who he's been to you and who he's making you and has made you to be. Ask him to show you how to walk in what he's done and how to put it into practice. Y'all stand with me today, please. I know this is a lot to kind of wrap your brain around. I don't want to seem um, morbid. And those of you who are like 20-something, this is going to sound really creepy. I'm coming to the place in my life where there's more behind me than there is in front of me. And so I have less and less tolerance for stupid stuff. I have less and less tolerance for useless stuff, 
for things that have no eternal value. I have less and less tolerance for things that don't work. Listen, this word is truth. When I was 25, there was an awful lot that I thought I knew an awful lot about. And now that I'm double that and more, there's a whole lot of stuff that I have determined I know absolutely nothing about. But the things that I do know about, I am more convinced of than ever. This is one of those things. When you walk through life, you've got to find where you can put your feet and what you can believe. You've got to find the things that you can trust and the people you can trust. And I'm telling you, you can put your feet on this, on this word right here. You can trust God and who He is, who He says He is. You, you can't always know every way He's going to express His character and nature in your life because you're not God and your thoughts aren't as high as His thoughts. But I'm telling you, you can put your feet on the truth of God's Word. And if you look around, He's been revealing Himself to you and showing Himself faithful to you your whole life. For some of you, the fact that you're still alive should be all you need to know about the faithfulness of God and His revelation to you in your life. And what I'm trying to do in whatever time I have remaining is to say, okay, so now I believe. Now what am I going to do about it? How is this going to affect my daily life? Is, if God is who He says He is, then what does that change about my tomorrow? That's what I'm trying to communicate. All those words, that's what I'm trying to communicate. God's real. Now how does that change our reality? Father, I have uh, delivered the word that you've placed in my heart imperfectly, kind of clumsily. But this is what you're trying to get us to. And God, this is either real or it's not. And it's time to just quit playing. It's time to quit claiming to believe things that we don't express in our lives. God, I pray that you'd help us to understand who you are, to recognize how great and how strong and how powerful you are, how faithful you are. And trust you and step out in faith to follow the call that you've placed in our lives. To quit using excuses, to quit folding our arms like a petulant child, demanding his own way, and that we just get up and walk and follow you and live like we believe you are who you say you are. Lord, I pray that you draw those to this altar that, that you want to meet here through your spirit. Lord, would you draw us to a point of contact, to a place maybe where we need to drive up a stake and say on this morning, on October 9th, 2022, is when I decided to go all in, when I decided to quit playing and to, and to say yes 
without even knowing what the question is. To say yes when I don't even know what the call is, but I'm telling you, this is it. Lord, would you call those people to, to your altar today? Lord, those that are dealing with every other situation of life, whether it's a physical need, uh, a financial need, a, a spiritual issue going on, a big decision going on, whatever it is, Lord, would you draw us to yourself today? And we know that you'll be faithful to meet us here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.